Grace to you and peace from God our Father and his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How is everyone holding up? Are you feeling this has been the longest three and a half months ever? Lately, when speaking to people, I have been hearing more and more about how tired they are. Weary to the bone. Tired of being tired. Nothing to do, no place to go, no one to see. These are the results of the worldwide pandemic that we are all going through. Coronavirus has changed every aspect of our lives. Change can take a toll on the body and the spirit. Without doubt, the coronavirus has caused more changes to our lives in a couple months than most experience in a couple years. Schools have changed for the kids, work has changed for the adults, and the daily routines and interactions have changed for everyone. And that's not even counting the uncertainty and anxieties about the coronavirus, a virus that is fatal to some, including people close to us. Is it any surprise then that many of us are exhausted? To make matters worse, today's stresses aren't going away quickly, so the stresses remain. Our body's response to stress, that classic fight or flight, is sustained much longer than is healthy. Adding to all this is some level of grieving. Some of us have lost loved ones to the virus, but we have all lost routines, contact with the community, a sense of normalcy. Fatigue is the result of sustained stress and can also be accompanied by grief. Grief is powerful. Grief is a natural response to losing someone or something that's important to you. You may feel a variety of emotions like sadness or loneliness. You might experience it in a number of different ways. Maybe a loved one died, a relationship ended, or you lost your job. Then, if that's not enough for us, let's add in the current events that are taking place in the world. We are struggling with tensions of systemic racism, Black Lives Matter, white privilege, division in politics, climate change, a financial depression, a devastating unemployment rate, and also a very contentious election year. When we think about it all, it's almost more than we can handle. We are all living through these difficult and challenging times. No one goes unscathed. Our response to these events will define our generation. That is how it is with people in times of great conflicts. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus is also dealing with a generation in conflict. Jesus asked, what can he compare this generation to? He says, it's like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you did not dance. We played funeral songs and you did not mourn. Jesus describes a generation that cannot recognize the truth that is right in front of them. They thought that John the Baptist was a demon. Maybe they thought he was too reclusive, 
too severe, a loner, too somber, too serious, and maybe way too religious. He should eat more and drink more. Then Jesus comes along and he's, well, too much the opposite. He drinks and eats too much and with the wrong kind of people. Jesus' generation finds reason to take offense at both John the Baptist and Jesus, and thus evading the call to either. They are like children in the marketplace who cannot decide whether they want to play wedding songs or end up playing funeral songs. Jesus, the one that they have been waiting for, is right in front of them, yet they fail to see beyond the superficial appearances and fail to see him as the son of humanity. This chapter in Matthew begins with the disciples of John the Baptist coming to Jesus and asking, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? In response to the question, Jesus reaffirms that he is the one to come, and there is no reason to look for another. In Jesus Christ, God has broken into the world to show us a new way of living, a way based on love, justice, and mercy. Jesus emphasizes the radical, unbelievable, and freeing grace of God and indicates that God wants our passion, not our perfection. Jesus indicates that the people of this generation have missed the signs of his times. The Jesus movement is breaking into the world and into the life of humanity. The time is at hand, and it is time to respond as a child of God. And our response to the inbreaking of the Jesus movement is to participate with our whole lives by prayer, worship, teaching, preaching, gathering, healing, action, family, work, play, and yes, rest. For followers of Jesus in every age, it is important to seek discernment of the signs of the times, to see where God's new energy is breaking into the world and into our lives. Jesus is not addressing the failure of individuals to respond, but of the society as a whole. Indeed, of the entire generation of people who somehow fail to respond to his call. In a world where the truth is often presented as debatable and lies are painted as truth, we can become weary. The truth does matter. Truth is the beginning of wisdom. It is a starting point for us to live meaningful lives. We seek truth. To be open to instructions so that our paths may become clearer and so that we can live peaceably and find rest from our labor. As we learn and mature in our walk with Christ, we should grow in understanding the importance of knowing God, and perhaps more important, being known by God. True wisdom comes beyond simply gathering information. It is applying the knowledge in a life-changing way. Intelligent or experienced people are not necessarily wise. Wisdom comes from applying God's word to our lives. Such words as, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. How shall we stand on the side of those who are hurting, who are close by in our lives, and to the hurting of those who are far away? How are we engaged with those whose struggles are profound and whose needs are overwhelming? If Jesus is in fact insisting that his blessing is known, not by the mighty and the powerful, but by the infants and the lonely, then this is a time for us too, to identify with the struggles of those who live on the fringes of our society and the fringes of our lives. We are most like Jesus when we are serving each other. We demonstrate our thankfulness to him by willingly and humbly entering into messy lives of others to serve their needs and share in their suffering. We can become a helper, a listening ear, an encourager, a prayer partner, a confidant, or even a defender. We experience great joy when we bring the reality of Jesus' grace and love to the very ones who need it most. The gospel reading closes today with the words of Jesus saying, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. These words are not only a nod to our mortality and the blessedness of being in the presence of God when we die, but they are intended to be applied to our daily lives, right now, wherever we find ourselves. What would it mean to us as individuals and as a community if we seek our passion in comforting our neighbors and on the fringes? What would it mean if we were able to turn our passion towards God rather than towards so many other distractions? It would mean what Jesus says in the closing verses. Because we are directing our passion towards God of love and towards our neighbors, we will find rest for our souls. We will find that our individual lives can be orientated towards gratitude rather than towards anxiety and exhaustion. God's continuing action in the world means that the Jesus movement is always breaking into our lives, dancing for us pleading with us, insisting to us that our lives depend on discerning the signs of the times in every age. Discerning those signs, we find that we are loved and that we have love to give. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Amen.